Morning, it is Tuesday, August the 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Let's begin today before our risen, ascended Lord, Jesus Christ. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, The Acts of Jesus Continue. And our text is Acts chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. Hear now the word of the Lord. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. The word of the Lord. Now consider this. Acts chapter 3 is the big moment. It is the ultimate test. We know it would be no problem for Jesus to do this miracle. We saw him do it before. We also have it on good evidence. Peter and John participated in miracles during their pre-crucifixion discipleship training period with Jesus. If we transport ourselves back to what I call the day after the day of Pentecost, we must locate ourselves in the place of not knowing what is going to happen. Here's the test. Would the apostles be able to do the work of Jesus in the way of Jesus in the absence of Jesus being physically present? And even as I write this last sentence, the mind-bending epiphany hits me. It's one of those moments when I feel like I finally, or at least more fully, actually believe what I believe. Look at that question again. 
would the apostles be able to do the work of Jesus in the way of Jesus in the absence of Jesus being physically present? There's the problem. The absence of Jesus being physically present. That's precisely wrong. Jesus is actually physically present. Remember our biblical cosmology meets physics class conversation the other day about the ascension of Jesus? Jesus did not move from the visible realm to the invisible realm. He moved from the seen realm of the earth to the unseen realm of the heavens. Just as he was physically raised from the dead, he physically ascended into heaven. Remember, a Jewish carpenter sits at the right hand of the throne of God in the heavens and rules the cosmos. Here's the epiphany. By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the unseen, albeit physical, presence of Jesus is made physically present in the actual bodies of his agents. On this occasion, Peter and John. Because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is physically present and active in the physical and active presence of his followers. Remember our working definition of the church. The presence of Jesus in the people of God for the sake of the world. This is not a warm and fuzzy spiritual experience kind of thing. Otherwise, why did the Son of God tell us to eat bread and drink wine as though it were his body and blood? And here we envisage the full and true theology of the Eucharist instituted in the upper room, not in a doctrine of transubstantiation wherein the physical properties of bread and wine turn into literal flesh and blood, but as the sacrament of kingdom transformation, enacting the real and physical presence of the body of Jesus, inhabiting the real and physical bodies of his followers turned agents. It's not the bread and the wine that are transformed. It's the people. Back to our question, would the apostles be able to do the work of Jesus in the way of Jesus in the absence of Jesus being physically present? The answer, as we will see this week, is no. The apostles will not be able to do the work of Jesus in the way of Jesus in the absence of Jesus being physically present. Jesus is not physically absent because Jesus is physically present in and through the physical bodies of the apostles by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus will be able to do the work of Jesus in the way of Jesus through the apostles. The whole notion and imagery 
of the church as the body of Christ is not a neat metaphor. It is a quite literal and physical reality. I know. I know. This is a lot. I feel some of you getting frustrated. But aren't you tired of benign theology? Aren't you weary of going through the motions? Don't you want to know and deeply understand what the Bible is actually saying? What if this is part of why we aren't getting it? Aren't you ready to see Acts chapter 3 come to life in your life and in our time? Aren't you ready to do the things Jesus did and even greater things than these because he has gone to the Father? Friends, this is not a once upon a time story, nor is it a one-off occurrence reserved for the first century church. This is the right here right now, reality of the New Testament church. We've just been in an incredibly long period of hibernation. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The prayer of transformation. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. Come Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God our Father, amen. And the question, are you seeing the difference between the wispy sense of Jesus being spiritually present among us versus Jesus being physically present in our actual physical bodies. In other words, Jesus is not invisibly present in the air or next to us on the couch. He is physically present in our physical bodies. Are you seeing the myriad implications of this for our actual physical bodies as a living sacrifice? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing the great majestic hymn, O Worship the King. It's number 11 in our seedbed hymnal, our great Redeemer's praise. Five verses, and guess what? 
We're going to sing them all today. Oh, worship the King, hymn number 11 in our hymnal. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing His power and His love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. O tell of his might, O sing of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space. His chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. The earth with its store of wonders untold, Almighty thy power hath found it of old, hath stablished it fast by a changeless decree, and round it hath cast like a mantle the sea. Thy bountiful care, what tongue can recite? It breathes in the air, it shines in the light. It streams from the hills, it descends to the plain and sweetly distills in the dew and the rain. Last verse. Frail children of dust, and feeble as frail, in thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. Thy mercies, how tender, how firm to the end, our Maker, Defender, Redeemer, and Friend. What a song. I mean, gee whiz. Frail children of dust and feeble as frail. In thee do we trust, nor find thee to fail. What songwriting. My gosh, that's 1833. Robert Grant. Man, that's how I want to write songs. Help me, Jesus. Well, guys, it's Tuesday. I bet you I'll just go out on a limb. I bet you we're the only group in the world singing Oh, Worship the King on a Tuesday. <laughs> that's a distinction we can claim, sowers. Well, it is Tuesday. Maybe there's going to be some tacos in the offing for some of us today. I'm hoping so. I do know there's lots of seed that needs to be sown today. This is a day, if we're getting seed in the ground, that will produce a day in the future that fruit is being harvested. So let's go out with that kind of faith. Uh, I know today's was maybe a challenging entry, long for sure. And um, probably should wrap it on up. But, you know, I do feel like 
getting back to last week's whole concept of what's the property line of the dominion of God? And how does God actually work? I think so much of our working theology, or at least in my lifetime, has been that Jesus is just kind of out there in the air. We just sort of invite the Holy Spirit to come into the atmosphere. And I'm like, that just doesn't strike me as what the New Testament, the New Testament goes much further than that. The New Testament says he's in our physical bodies. You know, we say, um, now to him who's able to do abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine, the little phrase that follows that is the is the key phrase, according to his power that is at work. Where? In the air? In the building? In the clouds? No. According to his power that is at work within us. Within us. You see, this, this is where a real doctrine of holiness comes from. Like, if the physical presence of God is dwelling in my body, oh my goodness, it makes me a different kind of steward of my body. I'll stop there. We got, uh, we got more, we got miles to go this week in Acts chapter 3. It's a very exciting chapter. I think I encouraged you yesterday, go get that, that book called Still Day One. It's on the Seabed website. I spent probably a hundred pages writing on Acts chapter three. It just is so critical, I think. This is, you know, Acts two is the big day of Pentecost and the train comes through the room and the fire lands on the apostles. But Acts three, that's the real test. We got just a couple of these guys out about their everyday lives. And then they encounter this lame man. Begging. Wow, that's that's the moment. That's the road meets the rubber, and we're seeing it unfold before our very eyes. Okay, guys, time to quit. I'll stop. Get your seed. I'll be looking for you on the field today. I'll see you out there. For The Awakening, I am J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.